Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Once upon a time, there was a king who had 12 daughters, each more beautiful than the other. They slept together in a hall where their beds stood close to one another. At night, when they had gone to bed, the king locked the door and bolted it. But when he unlocked it in the morning, he noticed that their shoes had been danced to pieces, and nobody could explain how it happened. Hello and welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm Katie Marquette and on this podcast we explore anything and everything that inspires wonder and awe in the world. Welcome to a new season, season seven, starting today's podcast reading from Grimm's Fairy Tales, The Twelve Dancing Princesses, a very famous story better known in German as the worn out dancing shoes or the shoes that were danced to pieces. A German fairy tale collected by the Brothers Grimm, published in, first published in 1815. Um, a really whimsical, beautiful story. I thought maybe I would, don't, don't hold me to this in case I decide not to do it, but I thought maybe once a month or so I would feature uh, a classic fairy tale and uh, dive into it. Um, my favorite, probably my favorite author of fairy tales is probably Hans Christian Andersen. So I would love to, uh, do some more about his fairy tales, but I wanted to start here sort of with, um, with a classic. It is in this edition here. It's this is a very old edition. Do some flipping pages here for you. A little sound for you. Um, very old edition I have of Grimm's fairy tales. That was my grandmother's. It's one of those old editions that doesn't even list, um, you know, the publication date and you can sort of see the ink, (laughs) The, the 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 ink from the hand um hand woven pages here um and the first story is the 12 dancing princesses and um yes it's a wonderful story it's uh it makes a lot less sense than i remembered but um that's the wonderful thing as i read it i sort of <laughs> closed it after reading it's very short just a couple pages and i turned to chris and i said that just didn't make any sense and he said well you need to start thinking like a child you need to start um remembering how to read fairy tales again and he's right um so i'm here to remind myself and to remind all of you about the importance of absurdity and whimsy and beauty and uh yeah just the and strangeness otherworldliness and the way that uh great fairy tales can help us fall into that so i'll be uh reading sections to you um from the 12 dancing princesses today with uh some nice sound elements to sort of immerse you in the story i thought that would be a fun way to start the season i have lots of really exciting guests coming up so um, we're going to be having a lot of great interviews this season can't wait to share that with you um but, but definitely going to make time here to, uh, to dive deep into fairy tales and stories and 
all those things that I love so much and that were such a huge inspiration for me starting this podcast. And for anybody who's a new listener, I originally started a podcast uh, during quarantine in 2020. Remember those days? <laughs> um, uh, called On Fairy Stories. You can still find that archive uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. But as I was uh, hiding away, as we were all hiding away, I was revisiting and rereading fairy tales and finding so much wisdom there and so much comfort and also being challenged, I think, to uh, to encounter the strangeness of the world in uh, in a new way. You know, it was a very surreal time, and I think it was a, it was a wonderful time for fairy tales. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I, I really want want to sort of get back to that origin of of what stories mean to us and the power that they can have over their lives. But this podcast is inspired by the words of St. Gregory the Great, which uh, he, he is said to have said, um, we make idols of our concepts, but wisdom is born of wonder. And I always have related to this so much because I can be um, so lost in my head, so intellectual about things that I often forget that the things that bring meaning to my life uh, uh, really have very little to do with <laughs> with um, overthinking things. I really need to remind myself of that. Uh, it really, you know, not to sort of belittle the intellectual life, we certainly celebrate that on this podcast, but just to remember uh, to delight in the world and to um, take time to notice things, to slow down, and, uh, and yeah, read read good books, laugh with your kids, uh, enjoy going for walks with the dogs, and um, appreciating the seasons, maybe not appreciating summer, but every other season, definitely appreciating winter. Um, and yeah, and yeah, just, just reminding us of that because I need the reminder and I bet you do too. So thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to learn more about me and the podcast, head on over to bornofwonder.com. You can also head on over to Substack, uh, where I write a newsletter. I usually send out at least um, one essay newsletter a week, um, sometimes more. I do a, a series for paid subscribers of book recommendations across a wide variety of themes and genres. I do that at least once a month. So I would love to see you over on Substack. Uh, and Substack is the place where last June I announced that I was leaving social media, leaving uh, Facebook and Instagram, which had so dominated my life for so many years. And you can read about why I did that. And I'm sure that I will be updating again soon. Um, but the spoiler is that I really don't miss it. Um, but you do have to help me here because I'm trying to promote a pilgrimage that I'm doing with the wonderful podcaster and writer Christy Isinger. We're going to Ireland uh, this coming October, October 2024, and I'm trying to do it without social media. And you have to show, show everybody, you have to help me show everybody that it can be done. So besides me sort of accosting people on the street and like handing them flyers, uh, I'm going to be <laughs> promoting it on the podcast as well. Of course, Christy and I will hop on an episode soon and do a little Q&A. So if you have any questions you'd like us to answer, um, you can let me know. Send me send me an email. Um, head on over to the contact me page on bornofwonder.com. But I did want to let everyone know that um, if you are thinking of signing up, now would be a great time. If you want to go with a friend or your spouse, um, because there's a promotion coming up um, February 14th through the 21st. If you sign up uh, with, with another person during those dates, you get $300 off. So Select does not do many um, many deals like this, uh, they tell me. So um, 
I think this would be a great time to take advantage of it, especially if you have been thinking of going or were planning on signing up at some point anyway, uh, now would be the time to do it. If you are a solo traveler who would like to room with somebody, but you don't know anybody going, if you want to email me and let me know, then I could connect you with somebody if someone else also emails me and lets me know because then you both could get the discount. So that would be great. So I just wanted to throw that out there. If you want to learn more about that pilgrimage, you can head on back. I just did a bonus episode. That was the the most recent episode is all about that trip. But um, I... For, for people who can't go or who don't care about this, I'm sorry for rambling about it because I'm sure it's annoying. You're like, just tell me about the princesses. Let's get to those dancing princesses. <laughs> but um, I, I will be promoting um, the trip on the podcast a fair amount because um, I'm, I, I want you all to go. I hope you can come. So, uh, so yeah, that will be happening. The Irish Wisdom and Wonder Tour coming uh, October 2024. But now we can get going. We can... Um, get into this sort of magical realm so we gotta let's let's shake off all that promotion stuff and all the things you've been thinking about it's a it's a tuesday this is this is landing in your in your feed here on a tuesday morning it's a monday night right now when i'm recording this we're one week away from lent uh Lent starts on Valentine's Day, so if you're looking for a romantic date, nothing like heading over to church and telling each other that you're going to die someday, get some ashes on your forehead. Um, You know, that can be a little, you know, nudge, like now or never kind of thing, you know, just really kind of (laughs) bring it all home. It could be a nice date. My, uh, My husband suggested we all go to a graveyard, so... I don't think things are going to get much more romantic around here, and we'll probably be bringing the kids. So, so some kids, some ash, and a graveyard. So that's that's the point in my life that I am. Uh, that's what Valentine's Day looks like for me. So <laughs> I hope everybody's getting ready for Lent. We'll be doing some episodes about Lent too, of course. Um, but yeah, let's shake off all those thoughts for now, and uh, let's dive in here. I'm going to just, I won't read straight through, but I'll uh, read read sections here from the 12 dancing princesses and give abridged notes as needed uh, for the narration but um, let's let's pretend we're here off in this magical kingdom uh, where these 12 girls these 12 princesses are disappearing every night and nobody knows where they're going but their shoes are all worn out just like they've been they've been dancing the night away uh but the door is locked so where are they going and how are they getting there let's see The king sent out a proclamation saying that anyone who could discover where the princesses did their night's dancing might choose one of them to be his wife and should reign after his death. But whoever presented himself and failed to make the discovery after three days and nights was to forfeit his life. Many princes came and tried to find where the princesses went, but they all failed. They all had their heads chopped off, and so it became a big reputation <laughs> in this kingdom that, uh, that nobody was going to find out where these princesses were going. Many princes had tried and failed. But now it happened that a poor soldier who had been wounded and could no longer serve found himself on the road to the town where the king lived. There he fell in with an old woman who asked him where he was going. I really don't know myself, he said, and he added in fun, I should like to discover where the king's daughters dance their shoes into holes, and after that I should like to become king. That is not so difficult, said the old woman. You must not drink the wine which will be brought to you in the evening, but must pretend to be fast asleep. 
Whereupon she gave him a short cloak, saying, When you wear this, you will be invisible, and then you can slip out after the twelve princesses. So the soldier took this good advice. It's always great in fairy tales to run into an old woman. She seems to always have some some wise sage things to say, um, or occasionally a poison apple. So I guess not always good things, but here she seems to know all about what's going on and uh, and has a invisibility cloak to boot. So the the soldier is coming in with an advantage here. So he goes and presents himself. And then in the evening, when bedtime came, he was conducted to the anteroom. As he was about to go to bed, the eldest princess appeared, bringing him a cup of wine. But he had fastened a sponge under his chin and let the wine run down into it so that he did not drink one drop. Then he lay down, and when he had been quiet a little while, he began to snore as though in the deepest sleep. The twelve princesses heard him and laughed. The eldest said, he too must forfeit his life. Nice girl. (laughs) Then they got up, opened cupboards, chests, and cases, and brought out their beautiful dresses. They dressed themselves before the glass, skipping about and reveling in the prospect of the dance. Only the youngest sister said, I don't know what it is. You may rejoice, but I feel so strange. A misfortune is certainly hanging over us. You are a little goose, answered the eldest. You are always frightened. Have you forgotten how many princes have come here in vain? Why, I need not have given the soldier a sleeping draft. After all, the blockhead would never have awakened. When they were all ready, they looked at the soldier, but his eyes were shut and he did not stir. Then the eldest went up to one of the beds and knocked on it. It sank into the earth, and they descended through the opening, one after another, the eldest first. The soldier, who had noticed everything, did not hesitate long, but threw on his cloak and went down behind the youngest. Halfway down, he trod on her dress. She was frightened and said, What was that? Who is holding on to my dress? Don't be so foolish. You must have caught it on a nail, said the eldest. Then they went right down, and when they got quite underground, they stood in a marvelously beautiful avenue of trees. All the leaves were silver and glittered and shone. The soldier thought, I must take away some token with me, and he broke off a twig and a sharp crack came from the tree. The youngest cried out, All is not well, did you hear that sound? Those are the triumphal salutes, because we have eluded our prince, said the eldest. Next they came to an avenue where all the leaves were of gold, and at last into a third where they were of shining diamonds. From both these the soldier broke off a twig, and there was a crack each time, which made the youngest princess start with terror. But the eldest maintained that the sounds were only triumphal salutes. They went faster and came to a great lake. Close to the bank lay twelve little boats, and in every boat sat a handsome prince. The soldier seated himself by the youngest. Then said her prince, I don't know why, but the boat is much heavier today. I am obliged to row with all my strength to get it along. I wonder why it is, said the youngest, unless perhaps it was the hot weather. It is strangely hot. On the opposite side of the lake stood a splendid, brightly lighted castle, from which came the sound of joyous music, trumpets, and drums. They rowed across, and every prince danced with his love, and the soldier danced too, unseen. They danced till three the next morning, when their shoes were danced into holes, and they were obliged to stop. The princes took them back across the lake, and this time the soldier took his seat beside the eldest. On the bank they said farewell to their princes, and promised to come again the next night. 
When they got to the steps, the soldier ran on ahead, lay down in bed, and when the twelve came lagging by, slowly and wearily, he began to snore again very loud, so that they said, We are quite safe so far as he is concerned. Then they took off their beautiful dresses, put them away, and placed the worn-out shoes under their beds, and lay down. The next morning the soldier determined to say nothing but to see the wonderful doings again. So he did this three nights in a row, and then the king summoned him. And when the appointed hour came, he took the three twigs and the cup with him and went before the king. The twelve princesses stood behind the door listening to hear what he would say. When the king put the question, where did my daughters dance their shoes to pieces in the night? He answered, with twelve princes in an underground castle. Then he produced the tokens. The king sent for his daughters and asked them whether the soldier had spoken the truth. As they saw that they were betrayed and would gain nothing by lies, they were obliged to admit all. Thereupon the king asked the soldier which one he would choose as his wife. He answered, I am no longer young. Give me the eldest. So the wedding was celebrated that very day, and the kingdom was promised to him on the king's death. But for every night which the underground princes had spent in dancing with the princesses, a day was added to their time of enchantment. The End Okay, so if you're like me, you had a few questions at the end of that. First of all, I want to know about this sponge contraption that he had that he was able to attach to his chin in some way that it would soak up wine, but then nobody noticed that he had a, sp a sponge attached to his face. Um, I also want to know what this eldest daughter's attitude problem was, um, and if calling someone someone a goose was really an insult instead of a silly goose just a goose uh, i think i'd like to start doing that um and why he chose the eldest after he had already seen how rude she was um so a lot of questions there right and also who are these 12 princes they're enchanted they were added there was time added to their enchantment because of dancing with these princesses and then I guess now that they were found out, they just stopped going. Did the king have any desire to see this underground kingdom? Whose bed was it that they knocked on and they went underground? All these things. And all of this is so beside the point. This is so not how you should read fairy tales. <laughs> and this is, um, this is why we're going to make it a commitment on this season to to enjoy fairy tales again, to really just fall into the wonder and splendor and oddity of them. Because you have to think about the way that a child would encounter these stories. And there are so many just arresting images in this, uh, especially the avenues of the trees lined with diamond leaves and silver and gold leaves. And, you know, and just even that image of the 12 princesses, like, you know, gliding down uh, into this underground kingdom and rowing across uh, this moat to the castle where there's, um, you know, they're spinning all night long. Uh, oh, that was another question I had. They're going to bed at 3 a.m. every night after dancing. I mean, they must be exhausted. Uh, but these are adult questions. These are not, <laughs> these are not the questions a child would have. I think we would accept the enchantment and fall into the wonder of dancing all night long, dancing our shoes ragged with our charming enchanted princes with no questions asked, right? So 
I hope that just hearing that little bit of the story inspired inspired you a little bit and inspired you to think that way again and to to keep those images and those sounds and and just the story with you uh, uh, as you go through your through your day and ask all the important practical questions we need to ask. You can think about avenues of diamond trees and enchanted princesses dancing the night away and just uh, just thinking about that can add a little magic to our day. So. I thought that I would end today's episode. I always try to end with some sort of recommendation. And uh, my recommendation today is a piece of music. We can imagine our princes and princesses uh, dancing to this piece of music, dancing to Dvorak, uh, Bagatelle's Opus 47, number one, Allegretto Shazando. Uh, this particular performance, I think it, they perform it a bit slower than you'll normally uh, hear this Bagatelle performed, um, but I really like it that way. I think it adds sort of a certain amount of drama and grandeur and romanticism to it. So I really enjoy this rendition. It's by Musica Santa ensemble Liren Mendel uh, I will put a link to the specific album uh, so you can hear this this uh, rendition specifically uh, it's really really beautiful um, I you all know I'm a Dvorak fan if you want to ever just just have a triumphant moment just blast the New World Symphony in your car but I will leave you here with this beautiful bagatelle and I will be back with you soon again so excited uh here season seven i'm going to be trying to intending to be with you every week every tuesday um if you would consider leaving a leaving a rating on spotify leaving a star writing uh leaving a comment a review on itunes that means so much to me means so much to the podcast i might start reading some of the reviews that we've gotten um just to sort of feature them uh, i really i read all of them and I love uh, hearing from you if you take time to email really means a lot to me this is totally a passion project and it's meant so much to me over these years that I've been doing this now so thank you so much for listening again you can always find me online bornofwonder.com find me on substack and uh, make sure you look into that Ireland pilgrimage or think of somebody you know who might be interested I would so love to uh, to share a pint with you and hike some mountains and see some beautiful beautiful places uh in the world together so think about it and uh, of course email me if you have any questions but i will leave you here with dvorak i wish you a beautiful day a beautiful week all the magic of underground kingdoms and diamond trees and dancing princesses i'm katie marquette and this is born of wonder
And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. 